Our scripture passage comes from Psalm 36. Hear now the word of the Lord. Transgression speaks to the wicked deep in their hearts. There is no fear of God before their eyes. For they flatter themselves in their own eyes that their iniquity cannot be found out and hated. The words of their mouths are mischief and deceit. They have ceased to act wisely and do good. They plot mischief while on their beds. They are set on a way that is not good. They do not reject evil. Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like a mighty mountain. Your judgments are like the great deep. You save humans and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your steadfast love, O God. All people may take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. O continue your steadfast love to those who know you, and your salvation to the upright of heart. Do not let the foot of the arrogant tread on me, or the hand of the wicked drive me away. There the evildoers lie prostrate. They are thrust down, unable to rise. The word of the Lord. On Inauguration Day, in the midst of superstars and other important powerful figures, arose a young African-American woman who shone especially bright for all the world to see. Amanda Gorman's poem, The Hill We Climb, brought many, including myself, to tears of joy. One of the things that I love about her poem is that it has the courage to address the evil and injustice that continues to take place in this nation that we love. She doesn't ignore it. She doesn't sugarcoat it. No, she names it. But what I also love about her poem is that it found a beautiful way to also say that our faults and shortcomings don't define who we are. They don't have the last word. Nor are they set in stone because alongside those faults comes each and every one of us. We are a part of the story. We are a part of her poem. And we are a part of this nation. And we have the opportunity and the responsibility to address what is immoral and unjust. We have the ability to bring about positive change. We are called to bring forth a new day and a new way of living and being. I found the road we climb, the hill we climb, to be honest and beautiful and inspiring. I hope you did as well. Now, when I read Psalm 36, my initial thought was, wow, some things never change. Here's a poet who thousands of years ago is describing these evildoers who are causing so much trouble, who aren't being held accountable, who are continuing to wreak havoc. The psalmist calls it out honestly and painfully. But that's not the end of the psalm. For at verse 5, there's a clear and sudden shift, a turn away from humanity and towards divinity. In midst of real troubles that are surrounding us, the psalmist shifts his or her focus upon God, to Yahweh, to the one whose steadfast love is everywhere and for everyone, even the animal kingdom. The shift is towards the one whose justice and righteousness extends above the highest mountains, to the one who continues to protect and provide in ways that we can see and others that we cannot. 
Yes, evildoers remain present to this very day, but because of who God is, they will not prevail. So we can have hope that when we place our trust in this God, we will not be let down. Typically, I approach Sundays where we're having our annual congregational meeting as a time to both look back and remember the past year and also an opportunity to look forward with excitement for what comes next. I take the time to thank all those who have served in positions of leadership, especially those whose terms are coming to an end. And then we have a luncheon, a time to celebrate how God has provided for this congregation. And so we laugh and we pray and we eat together. We watch a video that highlights all the beautiful smiling faces that are connected to this church and our neighborhood. It highlights all the events that we've been a part of. And so we take the time to look back, to celebrate, and to acknowledge, to be filled with gratitude that we continue to worship and serve a God whose steadfast love continues to be felt. Well, here we are on a congregational meeting Sunday, and our pews are empty. There'll be no fellowship hall filled with smiling faces or delicious food. There'll be no highlight video this year because it would be filled with nothing but screenshots of various Zoom calls, and that sounds pretty depressing. As we consider the reality of this past year and its many challenges and disappointments, the unprecedented loss of life, the isolation, and the evildoers that continue to wreak havoc, what is there to celebrate? What is there to be thankful for? A lot, actually. When you live a life of gratitude, you have the capacity to see all that is good that is taking place, even in the midst of hardship. And I want us to focus on one thing in particular, and that is the triune God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer, any name you'd like to use to refer to this God, that's what we have to be thankful for, or who especially this year. And not just that God exists, but more importantly, that a steadfast God exists. A God who remains active and present in our world and in our lives. A God who lavishes upon us His unconditional love. The Hebrew word for steadfast that is used throughout this passage and throughout the Old Testament is hesed. Words like hesed are why seminaries and denominations require pastors to learn Hebrew. For this word means so much more than our English translation, steadfast love. It is a rich, deep, meaningful word similar to shalom in that it is comprehensive in scope. It has multiple layers to it. Hesed means kind, merciful, and gracious response because of an already established relationship. Honestly, during times like these, I don't think there is anything we need more than to experience and rely upon the Hesed of God. In the midst of this pandemic, we are left with so many unanswered questions, so much uncertainty. Like Psalm 36, like Amanda Gorman's poem, that's the honest truth. That's the reality we're in. But here's what else is true. We worship and serve a God who remains steadfast. We can count upon God to hear and respond to our every prayer. 
We can count upon God to protect us from sin, death, and evil. We can count upon God to provide for our needs, for this steadfast love is a generous God. We can count upon God's word to guide and direct our paths while providing us with a truth and a timeless wisdom that has been a lifeline for generations before us and will be for generations to come. We can draw on the life and teachings and example of Jesus Christ to serve as a daily reminder of what Christ remains passionate about and how Christ is calling us to live and to love and what to say and do. As followers of Jesus, we give our very lives to a God who remains steadfast. And despite all the change and uncertainty, God remains dependable, trustworthy, steadfast. On Tuesday, my grandma's going to turn 100 years old, born February 2nd, 1921. Think about all that she has been through the past 100 years. Now I can give you a long list of joys and highlights about her life, but let me share with you some of her struggles. Going through the Great Depression as a young girl, probably 8, 9, 10 years old, World War II, experienced as a young, newly married woman, but she's living now far away from the family, the only family and place that she's ever lived or ever known. Even before that, she lost a brother and a sister in two tragic accidents. So she's witnessed countless wars and countless tragedies, not to mention that she was married to someone that she loved but there was a season in their lives that was devastated because of his struggle with alcoholism. Now, thankfully, because of the grace of God, my grandpa overcame that alcoholism. The last 20-something years of their marriage were filled with love and joy and wonderful memories. But my grandpa passed away in 1998. She's been without him ever since. And over that time... Her health has deteriorated, her sight and her hearing have diminished. Now you'd think maybe that my grandma would be jaded, that she would be resentful and bitter. And yet just the opposite is true. Her life is overflowing with joy and love like no one I have ever met. Throughout it all, my grandma remains a wonderful example of how whenever things get hard, she continues to turn towards a gracious God who remains steadfast for a hundred years and counting. When I was listening to Cody play our anthem, it reminded me that when we trust a steadfast love, no matter what we are going through, we can experience joy. For that was a joyful song that we heard. Isn't that amazing? You know, when I picked the brain of our local Hebrew scholar, James, this week, he described Hesed as love in action, love with a promise, love through thick and thin, love that remembers. This love we experience reminds us of the covenant God has made with his people, a covenant in which God has always held up his end of the bargain, a love we can count on. Will we experience more change and hardship this year coming up? Yes, we will. Will there be even more surprises and challenges that come our way? 
most likely. Yet in the midst of all that, will there remain a steadfast God demonstrating steadfast love in both new and familiar ways? You better believe it. Actually, you can count on it. When we close our service today and sing, Great is Thy Faithfulness, I want to encourage you, wherever you may be, no matter how good or voice your, may be, your voice may be, to not just listen to Shelley sing it. Sing it along with her. Sing those lyrics from the bottom of your heart. May those words that we sing together serve as a reminder that though our circumstances remain challenging, God remains faithful. God remains trustworthy. God remains steadfast. And by trusting in Him, we can experience a life that is filled with love and joy and peace. That is something to be truly thankful for. Amen.